Okay. Um, I hope we can keep the excitement going. Um, everyone's like all ready and excited for Christmas, and I hope that we can continue feeling that excitement as we um, look at God's Word. Let us pray together. Father, thank you that we can just be together. Thank you that we can just be brothers and sisters in Christ and laugh together and be excited about what you have in store for us. Well, I pray that you would come and stir us this morning. Father, as we look at your word, come and, come and speak to us, Father, and that we may be also doers of your word and not just listeners. Father, I pray that whatever has been spoken today, that it may be of you, Jesus. Come and speak to us, come and challenge us, and come and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are starting a new series this morning, and I'm so excited about it. Um, we've all had a lot of excitement about the gifts, and isn't that what we think of when we think about Christmas? I can't believe that we're actually busy preparing for Christmas already, um, but the shops have Christmas decor, um, people are announcing when they'll be closing over the December holidays, um, so it's near, and it's the, this year has just flown by so um, quickly. Okay, I'm just going to go. Um, so a lot of things happen when we look at the festive season. A lot of things happen in this time. We um, get excited, excited about friends, family, um, get excited about gifts. A lot of people have um, Christmas trees in their living rooms, and as Christmas gets closer, um, the amount of gifts underneath the Christmas tree gets bigger, and the excitement gets real about being able to open those gifts. But why do we celebrate Christmas? Can I perhaps just use the other mic? Sorry, it's being disrupted now. Okay. Let's try it again. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because of Jesus. We celebrate Christmas because of Jesus' birth. That is what Christmas is actually about. And that's what we try and teach our kids as well. Our um, two kids are so small. And um, we do an Advent calendar with, calendar with them every year. Um, and we try, and in, we have these small packets, and in every packet that they can open in the morning, we try and teach them something about Jesus. But I know that my four-year-old is mostly excited about the two or three Smarties that's in the little packet that she gets to eat when they open it. So there's this excitement about gifts. But when we think about Christmas, when we meditate about Christmas, it's about Jesus it's about his birth, and he is the ultimate gift that we receive, that we have received. That's, he is the most amazing gift that we will ever receive. And we actually get to receive him, this wonderful ultimate gift, every single day of the year. So this morning, I'd like you to take a moment, even close your eyes if you want to, but just for a moment, think and receive that gift. Receive the gift of Jesus. 
feel his presence, feel that gift that God gave us when he gave us Jesus. And now I want to ask you, after you've felt that and after you have that gift, what do we do with the gift? What do we do with that gift? Are we thinking about, but how can I be giving to the person sitting next to me? And that is what this series is about. It's about having a change of mindset. Mindset of, I want to receive. I'm so excited. I want to open it. But let's shift our minds in this series to look about where I can give instead of just receiving. Who has seen the movie called Paid Forward? Yeah? I saw it many, many years ago. So in a nutshell, it's about people doing good for the people around them without expecting anything in return. So they're actually, in the uh, movie, they actually draw a diagram of one person helping three different people without expecting anything in return. And then those three people then each help three new people. And then the amount of good grows. It almost looks like a pyramid scheme, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> so this morning, that's what it's about. But I'm not going to ask you to just help three people. We are going to be helping and gifting people, lots of them. But we want the amount of good and the amount of giving from us to other people without expecting anything return to grow. So the series in, is inspired by the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We found it in Galatians 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. And yes, the scripture speaks about us bearing these fruits when we live in accordance to the Holy Spirit. But it's also gifts that we can be giving to the people around us. We can be kind to the people around us. There are so many scriptures that say we need to be loving our neighbors. We need to be kind to the people. We should be caring for the needy. And we will be looking at some of those scriptures throughout this series. And the scripture also tells us that we don't have to do it and we cannot do it by ourselves. We don't, we don't have to give or try and give these gifts by ourselves. It's not from our strength. It's because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. It's a result of an intimate relationship we have with Jesus Christ that we get to give these gifts. It's when our cups are overflowing of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit that it can flow into the people around us. So I want you to feel inspired. I want myself to feel inspired and motivated to be giving to the people around us, to look beyond ourselves and to see where can I be blessing someone else? Where can I be showing kindness and giving the gift of love and joy to the people around us? In Genesis 1 verse 27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. 
male and female, he created them. And it's when we think of people in that way that we get to. When we see the pe person in front of us, when we see the person sitting next to us in the boardroom, in the classroom, on the streets, and remembering that he, that person, was also made in the image of God, is when we look at people with the love that God has for them, that we can love on people and care for them and just bless them. And as we look at Christmas, it's a Christmas series. But these truths and these scriptures are not just true over Christmas. It's not just something that we actually should be doing over Christmas. It's something that we should be doing every single day of the year. So let me get to our first gift. It's the gift of kindness. We'll be looking at five different gifts, the gift of kindness, the gift of joy, the gift of love, the gift of goodness and generosity, and the gift of patience. So what is kindness? The Oxford defines it as the quality of being friendly, of being generous and being considerate. But how does the Bible define it? The Bible says it's being selfless, being compassionate and being merciful. And it was so interesting to me as I was preparing for this preach. If you look at the amount of times um, that scripture speaks about kindness, how many times compassion goes with it. In so many uh, instances, it's as, as if they go hand in hand. Kindness and compassion go, goes together. They work together. So turn with me to Luke 10. Verse 25 to 37, I'll be reading from the NIV. <clears throat> On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In Jesus' reply, he said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have had. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, 
go and do likewise. So I'm sure all of us, if not most of us, know this story very well. The story of the Good Samaritan. And it's such a beautiful example of a man showing kindness to someone who was in need. And I just love how Jesus, when, when the man first asked him the question, Jesus says, but what does scripture say? He wants the man to answer him himself because he was an expert of the law. But also he's encouraging him to go to scripture when you need answers. And that's what we should be doing as well. When you have a question, when you are worried about something, if you're unsure about something, if you need direction, go to scripture. What does God say? And meditate on what the word of God said and let him direct you as to where you should be going. So what can we learn from this parable? We've heard it many times before, but I believe God wants to say to us this morning, I want to highlight some things. A lack of love or care is often easily justified, but it's never right. Both men that were first walked past that man was a priest and a Levite. They were highly respected people, but they didn't want to get involved. It would take too much time of them to help someone that's injured. It might be dangerous. The robbers might be still there. It would be an expense to them. It would take, cost them time. It would cost them money. And they didn't want to do that. There are so many excuses that we can be thinking of as to why we are not helping people in need. I don't have the finances. I don't have the time. I'm too busy. The kids are too busy, which makes me busy. There are so many excuses that we can think of. When I was in my last year of high school, and I just um, finalized my accommodation for where I would be um, staying, I studied at Potch, and I lived in a, in a room in a commune. And a very dear friend, a family friend of my parents, and she was also a teacher at the school, she called me and she said she wants me to take me out for a day, and she wants to give to, get me what I still need for my room. So she spent the whole day, she bought me a laundry basket, she bought me a drying rack for my laundry that I still needed, and then she took me to the um, clothing shops, and she said she wants to spoil me. So she bought me the most amazing, I thought at that stage, the most amazing denim, and I got boots, and she just loved on me. She showed me so much kindness throughout that day. We had smoothies together, and it was just amazing. But there were so many excuses that she could have think of not to do that. I'm not her daughter. She had her own daughter that was like still, she was a bit younger than I am. It obviously cost her money to bless me in that way. It took her the whole day. She could have said she didn't have time. She took the whole day and spent it with me, having, like blessing me and like, getting me excited about my future and where I'm going and feeling equipped that I can like, put my laundry in the baskets and all of that. There are so many excuses that she could have used, and she didn't. She showed such kindness to me that day. Our neighbor 
is anyone, anyone of any race, of any creed, of any social background, our neighbor is anyone. The Samaritan religion was corrupt. They were famous for idolatry. Jews despised them. Can you imagine as Jesus was telling the story and he said, it's the Samaritan and the people, but it's the Samaritan that stopped and helped the man that was in need. Our neighbor is anyone, anyone. Love means to act. What was so wonderful about the Samaritan? He had no religious qualifications. He had no theological qualifications. He had nothing to commend himself himself in the eyes of the Jews. But he didn't run away. He didn't look away when he saw someone in need. He stopped. He got involved. He took care of him. He gave something of his own comfort. Scripture says that he gave him his own donkey. So he had to walk while this man was on his donkey. He gave money for people to help him, for him to be in an inn. And he said, even if you need more, I'll give it to you when I come back. He gave of himself for that man. Love means that we're acting. Wherever we are, people in need are just around the corner. We shouldn't be crossing over to the other side, pretending we didn't see it. No, I'm too busy. No, I can't. But stop and let's show God's love to the people around us. Another beautiful story of kindness I heard a couple of weeks ago. There was a couple um, from South Africa, and they believed that God told them to go to the NCMI equipping in Europe. So it was quite a prayer situation for them, but God just, like everything fell in place. God worked because he wanted them to be there. So, but it, it was, money was tight for them. And they were in the um, grocery shop in Europe, and they were um, at the tills getting their groceries. And um, they were quite anxious, like, how are we, like, how are we going to do this? We are, like, here because we feel we're obedient, but, yo, how are we going to do this? And the guy next to them, behind them in the till, said, hey, can I pay for your groceries? Wow. What act of kindness. And the, the kindness of the man is just amazing, but the picture and the testimony that we have of God is so much greater. It's because of God. It's his provision. And now that couple can come back and say, God provided over and over again. We were just being obedient. And that's what happened when we say yes, when we, don't, when we do stop and not just walk by. God can use us how he wants to use us as well to glorify his name. So why should we be giving the act, gift of kindness? Why should we, why, why kindness? Because God tells us to. 
Colossians 3 verse 22, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Ephesians 4 verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as God in Christ God forgave you. He tells us to. God wants us to. He's telling us to be kind. Secondly, we live in a mean world. We live in a mean world. 2 Timothy 3 says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. And that's people that is being spoke about in this scripture. We live in a mean world. I'm sure if we all had to think, we would have seen and unfortunately experienced a meanness ourselves in the last two weeks, last week, yesterday, this morning maybe even. We need to be kind to the people around us. We need to be kind. We are teachers. We are teachers in school, schools. We are principals. We are mentors. We are business owners. We are directors. We are um, instructors. We are parents. We are teachers. Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit in? In when we are teaching our children, when we are in the boardrooms, when we are sitting next to the person that works for us. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit in, in those situations, in those relationships? When we open, when we open our mouth, do we have kindness on our tongues? Do we speak encouragement? Do we speak truth? Do we speak the light of Jesus Christ? When we open our mouths. And that's how we show kindness. Is by when we speak it. Because we will open our mouths. <laughs> we can be introverts. We can be fairly quiet. But I promise you, you are going to open your mouth. So may kindness come out when we open our mouths. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building each other up in according to their needs, that they may benefit those who listen. We need to act kind towards people. And there are, I was starting typing like, Examples. There are so many examples or I can give to you. But commit to giving a shoebox to a child. 
When we get out the door, say, hey, can I buy you a cappuccino? Offer someone a lift to church. Smile at someone you don't know. Say hello, say goodbye, say thank you. <laughs> there's, so, there's so many things we can do. It's so easy, actually, to just be kind. To just show God's love to people around us. I'd like to read words from a song called Kindness. Um, it's one of my daughter's favorite songs. She's been listening to it since I think she couldn't even walk yet. So our whole family knows it off by heart. <laughs> but I took some few words that I just want to read for you. While it doesn't take much and it doesn't take long and there's no way to do it wrong, you can try it any time. You can plant it where you want. You can grow it in your heart and give it out to everyone. And that's the simplicity of it. It's so easy to do. When you walk out the door, be kind. When you see someone, be kind. <laughs> be kind, let kindness, let the Holy Spirit grow this kindness inside of you. And let your couple overflow to, with kindness to the person next to you, in front of you. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis. It says, You have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. It doesn't have to be extravagant. We should be doing extravagant kind of things as well. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't, you don't have to be someone with certain qualification or a certain financial status or experience. We can be kind. God calls us to be kind to everyone around us, to anyone in need. It's so easy. It will be so easy to find an excuse not to do it. But we have to do it. We have to show kindness. God calls us to deliver a meal at someone's house. Buy them flowers. Give them a lift. The, yeah, the amount of things we can do are just, there's so many. But we have to do it. And we have to give of ourselves selfless compassion. Can I ask you to stand with me? Isaiah 54 verse 10 says, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. God has so much compassion for us. He shows us kindness every single day. He never leaves us. That's kindness. 
He's there when we are in need. That's kindness. And we have that every day, every moment. So let's work from that place and be kind to the people around us. Let's go out and gift the gift of kindness that God gives us every single day. Father, thank you that we can actually just be in awe of what you do for us. Thank you that you sent your son, the ultimate, ultimate gift that we will ever receive and that we receive and drink from every day. Father, I pray that you will help us and stir our hearts to give that gift to the people around us. You died for the people around us, Father, to help us to be kind to them, to love them, to care for them, to bless them. In Jesus' name.